we are developing students for the industry, career technical education, so that they become our replacements. These young people have chosen this opportunity to get a jump start on their career. They'll have a better idea uh, about what they want to do and what they're good at by the time they leave high school. There's some great opportunities for these students that are coming out of the career and technical programs from Henrico County. Hello, hello, and welcome to another edition of Henrico CTE Now. I am Rashawn Garnett, and with me I have Mike Roberts. And today we are again social distancing, Mike, another social distancing podcast. And this is the first social distancing podcast that I have not messed up the word distancing. Okay, so I'm getting used <laughs> to the terminology here. Like, you had to bring it up. <laughs> if you can't laugh at yourself, who can you laugh at, right? There you go. <laughs> got to be able to laugh at yourself. Uh, first, up, as always, before we get to, we got guests for you, but before we get to the guests, I want to remind you to check us out on our social media uh, at the handle Henrico CTE, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. And I think I got everything, Mike. I always have to check myself if I don't write it down. Is that everything? Yes. Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, that's all our social media. Again, at the handle Henrico CTE. Mike, tell them where they can find the podcast. Um, you can listen to our podcast from our, our host, which is anchor.com, um, and, or you can listen to the major podcast venues such as Apple, Google, uh, Spotify, and many, many, many more. All right. And we have uh, now it's time to get to the guests. This is the interesting part, right? Enough of me talking, enough of Mike talking. So let's get to our guests we have here. And they are in the medical field. And you know, during today's climate, that means you're very, 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 did I say very, Mike? Very busy. Okay. So I want, four or five times. No, I'm just a kidding. Couple, <laughs> just a couple of times. Just a couple of times. So <laughs> I, w- I would like them to introduce themselves. I think we'll start with uh, Ms. Sarve over there. Just introduce yourself. Uh, give me your full name, your title. And uh, let's, let's, let's talk a little bit about what you do uh, in the medical field. All right. I'm Crystal Sarve. Um, I'm an RN with a master's degree, and I actually teach in Michael County St. Mary's School of Practical Nursing. Um, I'm also a hospice nurse part-time, and I, right now, um, for social distancing, we're not able to go to um, our clinical sites with the students, so we're doing some teaching online with them, and that makes it a little difficult because, you know, teaching clinicals online is a little challenging. <laughs> So we're adapting the best way we can. Um, and it's given me the opportunity to go out actually and see more patients in hospice home health um, and actually be able to connect with them a little bit more um, as I'm able to see more patients out there in the field. So I'm enjoying that. Okay. So I've been a nurse for over 30 years. So you got some time in. You've seen some things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mr. Canty, what, what do you have for us? Oh, good morning, everybody. So my name is Ruben Canty. I am the executive director at Commonwealth Senior Living West End. Um, I'm also a nurse. And so I serve and operate a, a beautiful, very committed uh, community to serving seniors in Henrico's West End. Part of my job is to, to make sure that the community runs and operates smoothly, that the associates are happy and the residents are happy as well. And so glad to be a part of this podcast. I'm so glad you decided to join us. Thank you so much for joining us both, uh, Ms. Crystal Sarve and Mr. Ruben Canty. Uh, I want to start by asking, uh, how did you guys get started in nursing? Uh, if you can make it brief for us, as brief as possible, because <laughs> Crystal mentioned she had 30, 30 years of experience, and uh, it's hard to squeeze <laughs> 30 years of experience into maybe like a one minute, uh, a minute 30 quote. So this is brief as possible. How did you get started in nursing, and did you have any technical training uh, on your way to your nursing career? 
I actually was a student at Hermitage High School. Um, and I came through the LPN program that I'm actually teaching at now. So I've come full circle, which is pretty exciting for me. Um, when I was a senior at Hermitage, I went to the Hermitage, what was then the Votech Center, um, the Practical Nursing Programs. Come a long way since then. Um, so I'm excited that I can be a mentor to my students. And um, yeah, I've been there. I'm going into my, actually, this is my third year teaching there. It's been a pretty exciting experience for me to be able to come back um, and give back to my um, community in Rankin County Schools and do that. So, All right. And Mr. Canty, how did you get your start? So actually, I graduated from St. Mary's School of Practical Nursing uh, at, at Hermitage in 2011. A wonderful program that prepared me for a wonderful career. From there, I wanted to go back to school uh, to be a chief nursing officer. Um, but my, my beautiful wife cut out an ad one day and it directed me to an assistant living. And, and I fell in love with it ever since. And so from that standpoint, uh, with the training that I got at St. Mary's, I actually became a director of nursing within three months. Uh, and from that point on, I have never looked back. And I've been in administration ever since then for the, for, uh, for the past uh, 10 years or so. Wow, director of nursing in three months. I'm, I'm guessing that's not like a common ex experience for most people who, who uh, start under your position. No, I, I, it, it has not been. Um, and, and being young and not really knowing what I was getting myself into, I was all in and invested. It was exciting for me. And so I used that excitement to propel me into just to a wonderful career. Um, served a lot of wonderful families and, and, and people in the community over the last 10 years or so. All right, you guys are certainly a huge, huge staple in the community, uh, certainly during the COVID-19 pandemic we have going on. And, uh, and also before, right? What would we do without our nurses? So, so when did you know nursing was the career for you? And we'll start with Mr. Ruben Canty. And so how, how I do nursing was the, the career for me when I noticed the impact uh, that it had on the, the elderly residents that I serve. And then from, the, the, from a staffing standpoint and leadership, I noticed how it, it, it motivated people to do more. And so from that standpoint, that made me realize that I was, I was, on the right, I was in the right career path. Crystal? Um, I always enjoyed taking care of people. Um, in school, I was kind of quiet and shy, but I felt like when I was with people and taking care of them, that kind of made me come out of my shell and I connect, I connect with people that way. And I've been a nurse supervisor. I've worked in urgent care. I've worked in cardiology and pediatrics. And, um, you know, I started out as an LPN and I got my bachelor's and I just finished my master's last year. And um, I can't imagine doing anything else. I'm not a person who can sit still. I like to be busy and nursing is just, is just it for me. I mean, it sounds like at the core, you got to really care about people, right, Mike, if you're, going to, if you're going to be in the nursing profession. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, everybody I know in the nursing field, they're just such giving people. They're, they're dedicated to the people that they're out there helping. And you can tell that when they're talking about their patients and, and especially now with the current circumstances we're dealing with, you can hear it in their voices and hear it in their discussions about how concerned they are about their patients and yeah. what they're having to deal with, whether they're actually are somebody that they know who has the disease or just being concerned about their patients, uh, whether they could come in contact with it and contract it. And, and I think that's probably one of the things that worries them the most. And when, when you're worrying about something like that and you, and you hear it in their voices, it just shows their dedication to their job and to their patients. Right. And, you know, nursing nursing's not an easy job by any stretch of, of the imagination. No, no. Yeah. Uh, I think emotionally, 
emotionally, I'm sure they can, they can attest to this emotionally. This is probably something that is, um, but just, I can, I know I witness it in talking to my friends who are nurses and the emotional connection they have to their patients and the sadness they, they, they see when, um, they're not doing as well as they would hope they were doing in, 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 in their recovery or during their sicknesses. So it's, it's, it's not just like what we're doing, Rashawn, you know, we don't, we don't have that emotional drain <laughs> like a lot of nurses when their jobs and what they have to put up with. Absolutely. Is that, is that true though? Is, is what Mike's saying uh, true crystal and, and Ruben uh, is that, does that emotional connection have to be really, really strong? In order to be um, be an effective nurse or effective feel, nursing career, I, I feel like it does. I feel like you really have to connect with your patients. I feel like you have to be dedicated and caring. I mean, if you you don't have that connection with your patients, um, I don't feel like you can really be an effective nurse. Um, yeah. I really don't. I don't think yeah. so. How about you, Ruben? <laughs> yeah, I, I I definitely agree. If I could give you give you sort of an analogy that that I teach the nurses here. That, you know, that connection is sort of like pouring. So every day you come in as a nurse and you serve, you know, the, the residents and the patients that you have in front of you, you're actually, you're actually pouring out in that, in that connection. And, and when you pour out in a connection, it's definitely felt by, uh, by the residents and the people that you, that you serve around you. So that's, that's, that's the truth. Yeah. So what's the most exciting part about your careers as a nurse? I'm sure you guys see a variety of things and issues happen on a day-to-day -day basis. What is the most exciting thing you can say about the career that you're currently in? And uh, Ruben, you can tackle that one first for me. Yeah, so the, the, there's a lot of exciting things, you know, especially working for you know, a wonderful company like Commonwealth. Um, I would say the, the, the opportunity to, to grow uh, as a nurse is very exciting. And when I say grow, you know, not just educationally or um, occupationally, but just growing as a person, you know, from the challenges and again, going back to that emotional connection that you have, it definitely challenges you as a person sometimes, you know, because you have, you can, as a nurse, you can have several different things going on at, at once at one time. Um, and, and so, you know, uh, follow that nursing process and, 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 and pulling from your experience uh, uh, definitely leads to an exciting day. At the end of the day, it could be tiring, but, but it, it's definitely very exciting. All right, Crystal. Um, as a, I have, I have two different, positions actually as a nursing instructor I get excited when I see my students succeed I feel like if, if I'm not a successful instructor and I'm not teaching them well then then you know they're not going to succeed so I get really excited when I see something click in them and they get excited about what they're doing I think it's yeah. so important to lead by example yeah. um, and, and I get really excited um, when I see my my patients my when I go see them, it's all encompassing. It includes their families. Um, it's a holistic approach. I just get really excited how I can help them and share my knowledge with them and just take care of them. Being a nurse is obviously very, very rewarding. I would like, uh, like you guys to share some of uh, maybe a rewarding memory that, uh, that you have as working in the nursing field. Or... A lot of them. Wow. So a, a rewarding experience, you say, right? Yeah, rewarding experience. I would say just, I just, because there's so many, I just, just encompass it this way. Cause you know, working in senior living, it's, it's a, it, you know, the residents are, the residents are here for a long time uh, on average two years or more. So I would say just, just, if I had to bundle it all up, it's just the, the relationships that you build. Um, I've, we've built so many wonderful relationships here. I've built so many wonderful relationships over the past years in this industry that, that continue to give back. 
Um, and so when I say give back, it's always those small moments when, you know, sometimes you might have that challenging week. You receive a card in the mail from a family you served five years ago, just checking in and wanting to say thank you. So I'll say I'll say the relationship part uh, um, there to answer your question. All right. Ms. Arvin. I have to agree with that. I mean, there's so many rewarding experiences, but um, yeah. I have to say um, recent, most recent, I can tell you um, the situation where so many um, residents now, they can't have their family members come into facilities that they're in, such as, you know, assisted living. Um, they can't come in and see them because of the whole COVID thing. Yeah. But as a hospice nurse, I'm able to go in there and be with them. Yeah. Um, I had a, I had a resident that was one of my patients pass away, but I could be with, with him when he was passing away, whereas his family could not even be in there with him. Um, and that made his family appreciative of me. They were thankful that I was able to be there with him because I had built a connection with him and he knew who I was, but his family couldn't even be there. So that was rewarding for me to be able to help them be an extension of them. Right. You basically became an extension of their family in, in many ways, I'm sure you do become family uh, with the folks that you, that you work with uh, as you progress through your nursing career, your patients and your, and your coworkers. Um, yeah. Would you say that's accurate, Mike? Yes. I mean, because I mean, it's, it's like what I was saying before and, and, and the friends that I know that are in the field and, and the nurses that I've spoken with, uh, um, with through Hen with Henrico schools, it's, it's, they all talk about that connection that they make with their patients. And it's what I talk to the students when we're recruiting and talking about, you know, when they show an interest in possibly taking uh, one of our uh, medical programs. And I emphasize about that connection that nurses have with their, with a patient. And that in, in many cases when a student um, and I, I've said this many, many times and I, cause I've heard it from nurses um, when a patient says, well, I, I don't want to be a nurse. I want to be a doctor. And I, and I always emphasize, I said, well, why wouldn't you want to get some medical training while you're still in high school? I said, because I said, I've asked a lot of nurses because I have a lot of nurse friends. I said, what makes the best doctor? And they all have said a doctor who started off in the nursing field, because mm -hmm. there's something that it, there's a, there's something that is taught or has learned, um, in nursing that maybe doctors miss and that, and it's always been said that it's that connection with the patient. And I think that um, it's important that, that we emphasize to the young people how important this job is. It is the ultimate essential worker when it comes to our current situation or even before and what's to come. And, and I think that we just can't say enough about what the work that they do. Right. So, the, hey, and I want to uh, now want to uh, target kind of what your day to day has been like. Take us through an average day uh, in your shoes and how has COVID changed your average day? So what was your average day like before COVID and what is it like now? If there's any change, um, I'm sure there are. You just highlight those for me and we'll start with Ruben. Yeah. So it, so the, so before the COVID situation, um, there was still a lot of uh, it still was a consistent pace. Um, my day consists of a lot of training and teaching and, and listening above, above all else. So it's still a, it's still a lot of that, but even more training. Um, I say above training, more, a lot of encouragement, um, just encouraging our frontline associates that we, we're going to get through this thing together. 
um, that we're gonna we're gonna continue to communicate and, and, and make each other aware and, and do the right thing both inside the community and outside of the community when we go home. And so um, I think training has increased even even the more. Um, um, you know, from the, the the wonderful trainings our company has provided to the trainings we do in here, um, provided by the company, it's just it's just been been a lot of that. Um, so encouragement training, um, um, make sure that we're communicating a lot with our, with our families and, and associates being readily available to, to answer questions. And so, um, you know, a typical workday has definitely been expanded to make sure and making sure that we are making ourselves available. I think I heard Crystal uh, hit on the point that now families are not able to visit as they once were able to visit. So now what that means that, what that means is that as an administrator, um, I must increase the effectiveness of my communication. And so, I'd, so I'd say those big, those three biggest things again, you know, being in, being extra encouraging, uh, increasing our training efforts, and definitely going above and beyond with communicating to our families that can't get in, you know, and be and becoming their eyes and their ears. Miss Sarvey kind of alluded to it before in the introductions how your how your world has changed a little bit. So just take us to an average day in your shoes before COVID. Talk to us about how COVID has changed it. Now, I mean, we would have been able to bring our students, um, our PN1 students into the hospital for their clinical training or the nursing homes actually is where we would have been bringing them. And since COVID, we weren't allowed to bring them in yes. to do their clinical training. So um, we had to come up with new ways to train them at home. Um, we had to adapt, you know, and they were actually doing physical assessments on their family members. And we were oh, wow. <laughs> having them send in video of that. And we were, you know, telling them what they were doing and, ways to do it different and you know encouraging them that way and that was different for them and I think it's going to be you know challenging for this class coming up we don't even know what's in store for them now but we're at home teaching them online and um getting to know them that way and I, I don't know the PN1 students yet but we'll, we'll get to know them better I'm learning I'm learning who they are and now um I'm able to give more time to the hospice home health company I work for and helping them out because some of the nurses that they had had just started and I yeah. think they got a little scared and some of them just like quit um, when it all started. So it's different. And everywhere I go now, if I go, I go to some assisted living places or nursing homes, they'll check my temperature. They ask you a barrage of questions before you go in. I have to wear gloves, uh, masks, goggles, and a face shield for every patient I see now. So it's really different and it's difficult for like dementia patients. They, they're used to looking at your face. If you're all covered up, it's kind of scary for them. And wow. they don't really know what's going on. <laughs> that is an angle I never, you know, you never really think about. And this, this is why we talk to the professionals, right, Mike? Because they bring light so many things that we don't face on the day-to-day -day, or even think about on the day-to-day -day when concerning nur the nursing career or the medical field in general. Yeah, I mean, as much as I'm, I hate having to see people behind a mask, not being able to see their faces until just now, I didn't realize about the impact on dementia patients yeah. and, and others that they, what they've got to deal with. And especially when they're not able to see their families. And so, and suddenly the, the nurses that they had been seeing every day are now, so their identities are somewhat hidden. They recognize the voice maybe, but, and then the face is gone you know, because it's being partially covered up. Plus it's, it's not just a, the paper mat or the, the, the mass mass, it's the shield also. Not all that, yeah. you know, so it's just this, all that extra garb. It just, it's gotta be scary. It's gotta yeah, it's be. A, it's, it's really, really hard to imagine. And, and honestly, yeah. probably won't be able uh, to imagine unless we were living in those shoes. So 
what kind of effect uh, do you think uh, the pandemic will have on the nursing field in the long run? And you know, how, how do you think it will affect uh, maybe recruiting for nursing or more nurses wanting to come into the field? How do you think it will affect the nursing career in the long run? And we'll start with Crystal. I think in some cases, some people might be excited about becoming a nurse because they've heard them say on you know, commercials and stuff that they're heroes or whatever. I don't think of myself that way, but some people might be encouraged to think that way and they might want to be in the nursing field. Some of them might be scared and run the other way, but you don't know. Um, I think it might be encouraging for some. So hopefully they think that way. I would hope so. So what, what, about, scare me away. <laughs> <laughs> what about maybe what about maybe changes to procedures and how things are done? Do you think there'll be any any change oh, to that? Definitely. Definitely. There's gonna be changes. I mean, sanitizing everything now and you know, the new normal is gonna be, I think, masks for everything. And like I said, you know, now that we have to wear the face shield, the C D C was saying that last week my company made it mandatory for us to wear the face shield for everybody. When we go out there to see people in everybody's home, assisted living, facilities, we have to wear it now all the time. They didn't have enough before, but now that they do, we have to wear those too. This is a situation of you can never be too careful. What about you, Mr. Candy? How do you think this will change the nursing field, the, uh, the whole COVID-19 situation? I, I, I think that uh, uh, just, just piggybacking off of Mrs. Sarve, I think that it's been a positive light shined on what, what nurses actually do um, on the front lines, um, at, you know, at all levels. And so I think it'll have a, it'll have a positive impact, you know, overall. And I think for in the recruitment process, you know, maybe in the future, um, that those questions may come up when, when, when they ask their counselors or however the, the students decide to, to get into these programs. And, and I think a lot of the nurse instructors will probably be able to speak to a lot of their concerns or questions. Um, I think that's from, a, from an operation standpoint, you know, some of the things that might happen it definitely will, will change the way we do infection control in our industry um, in a good way. And so I look forward to, to hearing, hearing those changes when those, when those changes come. Talk to us about uh, what you think the students should do in order to prepare for a, a career in nursing. Uh, so, um, for me? Yeah, oh, well, whoever wants to tackle that. I, I, did, I didn't call a name out, that's on me. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, you're okay. Okay. <laughs> I think that um, they should be prepared for anything and everything. Um, I taught them in leadership and management, that's the last section they go through um, when they're in specialties, um, to be prepared for the next big thing. However, I didn't know it was going to be this soon. Why they got to stay prepared. Yeah. So, um, you know, and they're out there now in the workforce, our students that just graduated. So that's, you know, and you're always learning. That's something they need to know. They're always yeah. learning, you know, 50% of what they've learned today will be gone in five years. It'll be irrelevant. So um, always learning, always be prepared and you're going to always be learning. Never think you know everything because you'll never know everything. That's right. That's right. Uh -huh. So that's important. Even after 30 years of being in nursing, you don't know everything yet? <laughs> <laughs> always evolve. <laughs> yeah, always evolve. All right, Mr. Canty, what about you? I just, just I, I think, you know, um, just to add to it, just have the mental preparation to, to know that they have to be consistent um, and, 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 and the care that they provide. That's a huge role, you know, that, that they're going to be playing in the lives of their, their residents and patients. And so just, just mentally prepare themselves that they're going to have to go the distance and, and giving great care because that's going to be the expectations of, of whatever organization that, that they work for. 
and to just to make sure that they are willing to learn and evolve um, to some of those best practices that will come out. Um, and I, I have to do this. I have to, to plug that in there with, with um, CTE and, and St. Mary's School of Practical Nursing, the preparation, having, to, having the opportunity to go through that program and being in the career field and then seeing some of the graduates come and, and other programs, I will say that hands down, they do an excellent job of preparing their students for the workforce. So they're not going to have any worries if they go through that program with the right attitude, listening to those great instructors that, that are there. Um, they're going to do really, really well um, in, in this career field as they as they d decide to continue to grow up um, and the you know grow up to, to to get their RN and, and, and continue to advance in, in the in the field. All right, R Ruben, um, kind of playing off what you were saying about the the work that um, the the CTE and the St. Mary's Nursing Program has you know, both of y'all have experienced it firsthand. Yeah. What would you tell, I mean, there's lots of students that want to be nurses. Not every one of them take his, takes advantage of starting in high school um, mm -hmm. like y'all did. Um, what would you tell a, a student on why you would see it as important to start this early mm -hmm. as opposed to later? Yeah. I, w I would just, if I, if I had to answer that question, honestly, just it's a different zeal when you're younger. Um, and that's just my, my point of view. It's a different zeal and a different drive. So I would personally start it off, off, off younger because of that, that zeal that you have to learn. A lot of times I see in younger adults and, and, and younger teenagers, um, and that kind of transitions you into a, a, a great career. Um, and a great trajectory for, 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 for growth. Um, and so that's the best, best way I would answer that, that, that question. I can tell you what I did. Um, mine was longer ago than Ruben, of course, but um, <laughs> you know, my thought was I wanted to be a nurse and I started off as, in the CNA program there as well as a junior. And I thought, well, if I get my LPN, you know, I couldn't afford a four year college for one thing. I was gonna work my way as an LPN and then get my RN while I was working as an LPN. So I've always worked full time um, while I was in school. So it was a good, good way for me to do that. Of course, I waited longer to get my RN because life happens. But you know, it was a good field. LPN is a good field to be in. There's so many opportunities. So many opportunities. And, and yeah, I would, that, that's a that's a good point you, you brought up there too. It, it looking at the financial part of it too has changed a lot from when I first started out in it. So you're right. So if I had to do it all over again and, and at the same pace. And seeing it now, that that did provide a way for me to to pay for other means of education, as I grew up. You know, having that that LPN background, younger, and and being in, in a workforce where I could have a decent income, that that is a huge factor too. And you can pay for education, either make more money while you're in school, because that can be a barrier at times too, um, to continue your education, the financial aspect. So it does help starting off young. And uh, one one thing that me and Mike always make apparent when we're on on the show is especially since we've been doing these social distancing episodes is yeah. that nursing is certainly one of the essential careers and essential careers seem to go along with the term job security. So if you're looking for a job in nursing, it's really not hard to find. I'm pretty sure you'll be able to find a nursing career pretty much anywhere in the United States, at least, <laughs> or at least a place to get your start if you have the right credentials. But let me ask you guys a question while I have you here about getting students into the door. What do you think we could do better uh, as far as, recruiting how do we reach the next generation of nurses i think we need to go out there and get them um starting in middle school i mean even maybe you could in fifth grade but i mean definitely in middle school we need to go out there and 
get that bug in their ear and just start recruiting them and let them see what we have to offer. Um, Cause it's so important that we get them young, get them interested um, because a lot of, I mean, the technical education is, is so important. It was important to me. It's a great career getting your LPN in, in high school. I mean, starting it there is, it's just an awesome thing that, that we, we can provide in Henrico County. I mean, it really is. Um, and just going out and showing them what we have to offer, starting young, you know, just right. go out and get them and tell right. them what we have. All right. Be more in their face. Got to go out there and show them what, show them the opportunities. You can't reach for something right. you don't know about. All right. So, uh, Mr. Canty, what, what are your feelings on that? How can we reach the next generation of nurses? It's, and, and so I, I think, it, and, and, and having the opportunity to, to work with a lot of them and, and mentor some mentoring, I think shining a light on, on that, that they'll have the, the ability to make a difference. I've seen a lot of the younger generation, they, they smile and they are drawn to that, to the fact that they can make, create change. You know, when, when, you, when you figure out that you can make a difference, that kind of empowers you to, to, to do greater things. And, to, and when I say do greater things, have greater impact on the people that you serve. Uh, absolutely that, that's great that's great guys thank you guys so much for hanging out with us here on Henrico CTE now time to bring the show to a close I know you guys have other places and other places to be your nurses <laughs> are important you're essential thank you for everything that you guys do I uh, want to remind you to check us out on our social media uh, at the handle Henrico CTE now on Twitter Facebook YouTube and the Instagram the Instagram the YouTube and the Instagram both of those I'm tell them where they can find the uh, where they can find the podcast you can uh, find us on uh, um, Spotify, Apple, Google, which are your three major podcast venues, and many, many, many more of the minor ones. So you will be able to find this no matter what. So look. Right. No matter what. If you want, however you want to listen, wherever you want like to listen. Subscribe. <laughs> oh, yeah, like and subscribe. Subscribe. Hit that notification bell. I hope they have a notification bell or something somewhere to notify you whenever we post a new <laughs> podcast. All right. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, for Mr. Ruben Canty, for Mrs. Crystal Sarbury, for Mike Roberts, I'm Rashawn Garnett. This has been Henrico CTE Now. Until next time, so long, everyone.